All right, quick note about this episode. Adam and I recorded this. When we heard about the Cameron Johnson uh, hamstring tweak that uh, came out during media day, we wanted to jump on and just talk about sort of like just some of the stuff that comes along with injuries and what's what's really meant for the Brooklyn Nets over the last couple of years in terms of injuries. Cameron Johnson, it appears by all account, he's going to be fine. So we can sort of move past that uh, speculation part of the podcast. But we thought the rest of the podcast really, really worked in thinking about what this team looks like after or in the inevitability of someone getting hurt during the season. So hope you enjoy it. Cameron Johnson seems like he's going to be okay. Here comes the rest of the podcast. Coming up, a minor hamstring injury for Cameron Johnson illuminates some potential concerns for the Brooklyn Nets around health and having what we want to be a successful season ahead. We dive in coming up next. You are Locked On Nets, your daily Brooklyn Nets podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Uh, yes, my friends, it is the Locked On Nets podcast right here on the Locked On Podcast Network. It's your team, the Brooklyn Nets, every single day. Over there is Doug Norrie. I'm Adam Armbrecht. We thank you for making it your first listen of the day. We're free on all those great platforms, and we remind you, head over to jointsubtext.com slash Nets to get in on the one-on-one conversation with Doug Norrie and myself. It's just things you can't talk about only on the podcast. You want to feel like you're having a little back and forth with a one-on-one conversation. That's us. That's there. 14-day free trial, and it lets you get in on the regular season where we'll be talking about key matchups and previews ahead of a lot of the games. So go do that, and then go do this. Us talking now, Doug, about Cameron Johnson and a minor hamstring injury that the Brooklyn Nets lovingly chose not to report for about a week. Well, if, I, if there's nothing I haven't learned uh, over the last couple of years covering the Nets here, it's that we can always just trust that the whatever comes out in the in the old injury report is just absolutely solid as a rock when it comes to timelines, when it comes to who's returning, when it comes to the severity, all that stuff. We know, having followed the Nets for a long time, we know that it just, we just take it at face value. Now, Cam Johnson, um, Guys, it was trust, re- <laughs> trust us, uh, reported by Anthony Puccio, Nets Daily, and among other uh, Nets folks, uh, that he sustained a mild left hamstring strain during a workout last week and will miss the start of training camp. How worried do you get when you hear like soft tissue stuff like hamstrings? I mean, you need only think back to uh, the hamstring that might have ended up costing the Nets the championship when James Harden uh, tweaked his hamstring three years ago at the beginning of the playoffs and was never the same and basically couldn't move. Yeah, I, I don't know, man. With these with hamstring stuff, it could sometimes it could be nothing, and sometimes it's like the thing that lasts forever. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, I don't know where, what's your concern level going through the season around a guy that like the nets, the nets like just need cam Johnson, like hundred percent. There's like not really a debate. Yeah. Well, as someone who covers the uh, New York giants and has a uh, stud left tackle, who's now missing his third consecutive week because of a hamstring injury that you just can't quite get fully away from. So specifically to the injury and really t- it's weird. To the injury, it's the kind of thing that always lingers and you're always sort of nursing it and you're never surprised when it says, oh, that hamstring injury flared back up. So that's that's concern number one, because it's Cameron Johnson. Oddly enough, if it was if it'd been Mikhail Bridges, it'd be far more concerning because it'd be Mikhail Bridges, but also because he's been such a consistent Ironman player with Cameron Johnson. Well, he is a guy that does have some injury history here. 
So maybe I'm willing to like err on the side of optimism that this is just things that happen with Cameron Johnson and he works through them. And thankfully it's ahead of training camp, not ahead of the regular season. So if you want, you can be as cautious as you need to be knowing that, that who he is, his role and what you think his production is, is pretty much cemented, right? You're not going to learn something right. new about his game in this training camp outside of acclimating with, with players like a Ben Simmons. Yeah, for sure. And like, maybe, you know, just being cautious is, is the, is the way to go here. You always want to proceed with caution around your, all your players, right. And especially your best ones. And that, and, and there's a good chance that's probably all this is right. It's just, is let's just make sure everything's right. Let's not overdo it in training camp. I guess the thing where, this comes up as like a story is that we've just been down this road with the nets in the past, right around yeah. injuries and around different timelines. And we just kind of joked about it at the start at the start of the podcast, uh, you know, tongue in cheek, but only sort of <laughs> right. Like this is a team that has had major problems when it comes to conveying or maybe even understanding the severity of the injuries of his players. I can go all the way down the line here, like uh, over years of just guys who were supposed to come back and didn't. Guys mm -hmm. who might have been hurt all season and no one really knew, a la Ben Simmons, right? Like, yep. the, like we were a season removed from this guy saying he could barely walk because of his back and legs, and that was like never really reported at the time. I know he ended up sitting out, but the severity right. of it was not reported correctly. Kevin Durant's uh, original timeline from two years ago took way longer than expected. Joe Harris's ankle never, got, never recovered, right? Like, yeah, we we have a laundry list of injuries around this team where what appeared to be maybe not that big of a deal or a strict timeline around at the start ended up being an absolute mountain where it seemed like there was only a molehill <laughs> and like, and this, and again, this probably isn't the case with him fine. Sure. But when we're talking about a team that is, that has possibly avoid when it comes to overall talent, like, yeah, when Cam Johnson is going to miss training camp because of an injury that happened a week ago, I don't know. We should probably all listen in and tune in a little bit more than you would think you would need to. Of, of course. And, and the last note on that, before we talk about the rotation and how you think about replacing him in the short term, and actually I have another player that I want to discuss in the injury vein. But on that note about the history with the Brooklyn Nets, do you go on the side of they are being cagey? They are being, you know, like NBA teams may be, they're being a little bit aloof around how much they're willing to communicate. When you listed a laundry list there of players, of by the end of the day, it ended up being more severe and ended up not getting back as quickly as we thought. Or the worser, the worst of the two sides of that coin is do the Brooklyn Nets not diagnose injuries very well? Do they not have a, a realistic grasp on what timelines are going to look like? I tend to think it's the former, not the latter, but at a minimum, that means what? That a mild hamstring injury and they're being extra cautious around it could actually be something more severe and we won't know about it for another month or two when the Nets then reveal what it actually happened to be. Yeah, I, I think it's more just like caginess and like maybe not, you know, getting expectations up and correct or like whatever. Like, I don't think, you know, I don't think it's 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 not a law that you have to just give like the strictest of injury timelines around a guy like there's no punishable. There's no punishable downside for for not getting this correct. I think it's more and maybe this is just us feeling um, a little PTSD around around this stuff over years of just, you know, getting close to a championship. That, yeah. Yeah, like we're yeah, like getting close and and having sort of in, at times, not all the time, but at times, injuries derail what looked to be 
like will look to be championship contention stuff. I.e., go back. You know, Kyrie twists his ankle. That there that was correctly reported. He just twists his ankle, lands on Giannis, and that basically cost him a championship, right? Like um, the Harden tweaks the hamstring. You're not really sure if he's going to be able to come back. They bring him back probably faster than they wanted to because they kind of needed him, right? And like that. There was no wrong reporting there. It's just like this is just a team that was at the edge at times and injuries kind of got in the way. And, and I mean, Jeff Green was hurt for that too, if you remember. But like, and we've also had other examples where the timelines just never match up or like, yeah. or it's very clear, or it's very clear that there's information that is not being conveyed a la Sibbins or whatever. By the way, uh, funnily enough, Kevin Durant, even when he first came over, like that was a a discussion topic around him and when he was going to make his return. Now, that was far more broad than anyone would have anticipated, but it was still a narrative about, oh, is there a chance that he could make his debut X, right? It ended up taking a bit longer, and that was fine at the time as well. Coming up here in a second, let's go ahead and take a look at the short-term roster adjustments that the Brooklyn Nets could make. And what do we want to watch for in training camp as Cameron Johnson is sidelined? Who can step up for them and fill in that void? Coming up next. All right, before we get to that, tell you about our friends over at Ibotta. It's football season's coming up on basketball season. It means you're going for pizza, you're going for the wings, maybe you're just going for that buffalo chicken dip. Whatever you prefer at the tailgate or before or after the game, make sure you're going out and getting cash back on every single one of those purchases as well with Ibotta. Ibotta is going to give you cash back at hundreds of different grocery items, produce, personal care, pantry goods. You just make sure you're beating inflation and you're just doing the thing that you're doing anyway. You're going shopping for the food that you need. Why not just get cash back while you're doing it? You just either link your loyalty account or you upload your receipt to Ibotta after you shop, get the cash back. It's literally that easy. The average Ibotta user earns $100 per year just by shopping. Folks, you're doing this anyway. You're already out there shopping. You're already out buying the food. Just get Ibotta, link the loyalty account, and you're just going to get the cash back. Literally that easy. Download the Ibotta app. Use the code LOCKED to start earning real cash back. Just go to the App Store or Google Play. Download the free Ibotta app. Use the code LOCKED. That's Ibotta, I-B-O-T-T-A in the Google Play or App Store. And use the code LOCKED. Download Ibotta today. Okay, so continuing the conversation around one Cameron Johnson and his ailing hamstring. Reminder for everybody as well. Said it at the top of the show. Join subtext.com slash locked on nets. If you were walking down the street and you saw Doug Norrie, you said, hey, buddy, if I bought you a cup of coffee, can I talk to you about the Brooklyn Nets for a little bit? That's essentially what you can do by joining the locked on nets on join subtext.com slash locked on nets. Get in on the conversation as the season kicks off. We're going to be breaking down all those game previews, the key matchups. And honestly, it's like getting on a text chain with your buddies and having a great conversation. We're good guys. Come join us free 14 day trial. Now the rotation piece of this, then let's just think about it in the short term training camp, right? Who do you want to see or who are you excited to see? get an opportunity to step into a larger role knowing that the Brooklyn Nets have 73, 22 or younger players on the roster that, you know, we think it's this, this was the sample size. Let's see what we get this year. Well, now you actually get a chance to see some maybe players work into rotations that you otherwise wouldn't until far further down the line. Yeah. You were thinking like, if you lose Cameron Johnson, Cam Johnson for a few weeks here, let's say, or you meet or, you know, a week or two who are like the obvious analog guys that would go and fit in there. I'm not sure like mm-hmm. the Nets have a perfect one-to-one uh, just replacement for him stretch four, right? Like um, probably going to expect him to be a little bit more on the ball this season, probably going to need a little more shot creation from him. We've been through, we've been down the line with what our expectations here for Cam are. I mean, we did a whole episode about why, you know, there's like a case to be made for him to be most improved player just on the on the role 
increase that he's set to see. I don't think the Nets are going to see most have... improved hamstrings. That's not going to happen this year. I would, wouldn't mind happen. seeing a most improved hamstring here in the short term. <laughs> like if that's if that's an award, the training um, camp award. Uh, go ahead and give it to him now because I want to see it happen. Like this is yeah. this is pretty important that this guy hit. I don't think there's a one to one fit. I'm a little concerned that like it just goes to guys like Dorian Finney Smith or Royce O'Neal. Not because we don't like what those guys do. It's just that these guys, as we've been on the record many times on the show, talk about like these guys are nice to haves. They're not part of the future, and yeah. I just don't. Uh, we, we've we, there's there's parts of us that think they already should have been traded right so like i'm a little concerned because those guys do tend to fit sort of like the size defensive li- uh, alignment and stuff and just like veteran presence mm-hmm. i i could see it kind of just going more that way than say i mean this isn't a like then they say like darius basely right like or uh, lonnie walker is like a little small he's not going to cam johnson replacement but you know what i mean like these guys mm-hmm. that are sort of new to the team or are new to the team that we wouldn't mind seeing what they have and what they can give i think we already understand what that is from a couple 30 year olds and royce and dfs but i do think that the, the way the nets sort of are built and the way they've sort of signaled that they want to be is that it's just more for them <laughs> right yeah. like does that make sense i don't know i'm a little bit i'm it's the same way the injuries have just gotten me a little bit um, worried around this stuff. I also get a little worried about sort of what the plan is with veterans compared to young guys. Yeah, I think in the short term, I, I'll actually because I was going to say I was going to say Royce O'Neal and Lonnie Walker in terms of some of the value, right? That the perimeter shooting, you're thinking about some on ball defense, maybe. And now you're also going to lose some size there and you can mix in a guy like Dorian Finney Smith. So I think we're mostly on the same page in that regard. The funny thing is, is that while I, I want to see younger players get in there, this is where a healthy Derek Whitehead would be nice to have in yeah. camp, but that's that's not going to be the case. That that would actually, I think, move the needle for the organization to go in that direction. But if you're going into training camp and the Nets are going to kick things off later in, this month, it's October, friends, and you have Ben Simmons just getting back in, I do get the logic of saying we're going to yeah. go with the, the proven commodities. We're going to go with the trusted assets here. Now, uh, on the one hand, that that's sound logic because let's say they're hedging against Cameron Johnson. It lingers, and he's going to miss the first week or two. Okay, well, we want to make sure that we're locked in here. The flip side would be, but you do know what Royce O'Neal is, and you know what Dorian Finney-Smith is, and you know what they're going to be if you have to call on them to step into the starting rotation or take on bigger roles. So I, I know I'm giving the two sides of my mind here because what you don't know is, what is Darius Baisley if he steps into the star rotation? Honestly, what is Jalen Wilson? I, I know he's my guy, right? Rookie player, two-way contract. He deserves an opportunity with his length and what he showed in summer camp. Is that something the Nets are willing to, quote, sacrifice in these training camp sessions? Or are they very dialed in on, we want to be a team of X level. We have expectations of making the playoffs. And that does just get very veteran heavy, which would be a disappointment, I think, for the both of us, as we know. I think this is another reason among many why this early season training camp and stuff um, and preseason especially is the Nets are kind of a fascinating team when it comes to this uh, for more than maybe than some other teams. I think like some other teams, there's sort of no question about how they're going to play it, right? I think you could mm-hmm. actually look at a lot of other teams and say, hey, this is how they're going to play these things, right? Whether they're a bad team and you kind of know that they're just going to you know, they're kind of like in a mini tank situation, like the Blazers or, you know, maybe the Spurs are going to be kind of like play it safe with it when Benyama, right? Like, or you're just a, a championship team and you just kind of know what your rotations are, 
right? Like we'll mm-hmm. talk about Drew Holiday and stuff like that, like around these other teams. Like you kind of know what those rotations are going to be, and there's not really much question about it. The Nets are an interesting spot where we're actually just not sure, <laughs> and we yeah. actually do need the training camp and do need specifically the preseason to kind of have them signal what the plan is here because it's not just around this this possible injury for for Cam. There's lots of other questions around this team, like. What's the starting lineup? Is Ben Simmons in it? I, I can't wait to see that first training camp or for that first preseason game to know. Is Cam Thomas part of the rotation? Is he the first guy in off the bench? Probably not, but that would be a massive story if he was, <laughs> right? Like that would be a huge, but we just don't really know. I don't think about what the internal dialogue has looked like around this team. So therefore, when we talk about a potential injury and there will be other injuries, the the NBA season is long. Like these are 82 games. He's got all, they all get injured. And I know you're gonna say, Oh, Mikhail Bridges doesn't get injured. He plays every game. Okay. That's not predictive. (laughs) (laughs) It's it's not a hundred percent predictive friends. Um, So prepare yourselves. Um, Yeah. But like, I I just actually just don't know. And I I think that the net, the, the, the organization, has not really signaled what the mm-hmm. plan is. And then, and, and so I'm just not sure. So I sound like I'm waffling here, but I think it's mostly just fascinating in that we're all just taking best guesses because w- there's probably some kind of hierarchy here, but good luck, like being super, super confident in knowing what it is. Yeah. And I think also that this, cause I agree with you and we know into that bag with, uh, along with the starters there and, and whether or not we assume Ben Simmons is in the rotation, what is Dorian Finney Smith's role coming into this year? What is Royce O'Neal's role coming into yeah. this year? Are those, are those uh, roster spots or roster minutes that can be shifted and overtaken by other players? Can some of these young guys move the needle? Spencer Dinwiddie is going to be 30, 31 years old. Are the Nets trying to showcase these veterans to still make moves? Are they are they cemented and locked in in what they want to do? And everybody else is about trying to showcase who you are in practices because you're not getting on the court for in-game seasons, right? And waiting for the time when player X goes down with an injury to say, okay, now is your chance. We're not creating those opportunities. We're waiting for them to present themselves, which may be a drawback because now here you are. With, with potentially an opportunity presenting itself, how are you going to go ahead and attack it? Coming up here in a second, I want to extend a little bit of the injury concern conversation potentially specifically around some of these veterans and why it does become an interesting scenario for the Brooklyn Nets over the first 20 games of the NBA season. We'll get into that in just a moment. Okay, so obviously Doug and I completely off the ledge on the Cameron Johnson mild hamstring injury that'll probably keep him out for about 14 seconds, but it it opens up this conversation, right? The Nets season, unlike a lot of other teams, because their ceiling is very clearly defined, all of a sudden an injury to a key player makes the floor get a little bit lower potentially. And when we talk about looking at the rotation and saying, okay, Royce O'Neal, okay, Dorian Finney-Smith, these are guys that will fill into that role. Well, what if one of them goes down? Like The one thing that you can guarantee is that as players get older, they don't get healthier typically, right? And that's where I think this training camp also matters and why I'm really hopeful. As, and by the way, the, the as we think about the preseason games, October 9th against the Lakers, October 16th against the 76ers, and against the Bulls on the 18th. So you got three preseason games, three opportunities, whether Cameron Johnson is back and ready to play for the regular season or not, to find out what if we have multiple injuries this year? And some of these guys, by the way, the young players they've brought in also have their own injury concerns and baggage coming in the door. But do you agree that that is that needs to be a part of this process? And maybe this mild injury is the remind should be the reminder for the Brooklyn Nets. Hey, 
we should find out if any one of these guys is going to be ready now relative to later. Yeah, and I think like I, I'm still erring on the side of the Nets are taking a developmental track here, like, mm-hmm. and that's why I just because like look at all the other signals, right? Like their entire coaching staff is basically made up of, of developmental guys now, right? Like right. beyond Vaughn, there's Kevin Ollie, Ronnie Burrell, like these guys are all part of like the let's bring younger players along group, not necessarily the older veteran been in the you know been on a bunch of NBA coaching benches over the years under like that's not the group they have we like this group um i think there's a lot of potential here but they've, they've clearly seen like tony when you have the superstars and you want them to kind of be giving you that veteran experience even, in the background yeah igor last year like there's guys that they had they brought in that have like been that have been very much sort of like nba lifer kind of guys mm-hmm. and you know um or like tied to this other superstars or whatever it is. And the, that's been sort of the way they've gone with coaching. Fine. That we were fine with all those moves. I'm just saying that now that they're, they're it's, it's definitely just a different vibe in the, in the, in the house. It seems this year with the guys that actually are in there. So I, I would tend to think that like the Royce O'Neal's and DFS's are probably on their, on going to be on the move because they were probably signaled like, Hey, we're trying to get younger. We're trying to just, get hit lightning in a bottle here a few times with some of these guys. And that's what this coaching staff is here to do. So I think that like, that is the signal. I'm just, I'm just not totally sure. Is that answering the question? I like, I I just think that like, that's where they've sort of signaled that they're going to be, but, but I also, uh, what's the word? I just also don't totally trust it. This, there's so many things that for the nets this season, that I just have to see it before I come to any firm conclusion on it. Like, and I usually don't, yeah, go ahead. You would say, you would say, we, 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 I agree with you, right? That all these indications are a developmental track. Now, you also would have said that in the post trade last season, that it was, you know, time to move on from some of these veteran yeah. players and get value. So you go, okay, well, this is what it looks like you guys are doing, but you didn't do the second and third step. And we talked about this before. Likewise, you go out and you get, you change the coaching staff, as you mentioned, you bring in a lot of flyers on a lot of young players. So would, you would think we're going to give these guys a chance and an opportunity. Cut to they don't get on the court and you go, okay, so you brought them in, but we're but but that's not really accurate, right? You just thought, well, maybe one of them shows a little something. Maybe we get one guy that that pulls over next year into the rotation. Okay, great, you know, bench player, whatever, right? So it, it is that the sample size gives you a little bit of a clouded judgment. The actions tell you one thing leading up to the preseason to training camp, but now we have to wait and see. And I maybe the most interesting part to say here is Cameron Johnson is out of this rotation. Who do you want to get inserted here in training camp, in these preseason games? Who is the young player? You mentioned Baisley there along the way, but is there a specific player you think like, hey, let's shift the way that we make our lineups here because it's going to look different without Johnson, and let's see if this player can blend in with some of our guys that we know are going to be playing high leverage minutes this season. Oh, for sure. It's basically for me, I think, right? Like, I think that he has shown glimpses of the stuff in the past for at the NBA level. He's still young. Like Mm -hmm. you can sort of dream on some upside there. He can put the ball on the deck a little bit more than some of these other guys. He has the length that can kind of be a one for one replacement. The three point shooting is not at the same level as, as Mm -hmm. Cameron Johnson, but that's frankly why he's in. That's one of the main reasons, honestly, not only, but it's one of the main reasons he's in at $2 million and, Cam just got paid $23 million. Not the only reason, but like these, you know, you don't, sometimes you don't have to look too far to see what the major differences are. But if some of these things can come around for that guy, I think that like he is a guy that other teams would be interested because there's pedigree and and more, maybe a little bit more pedigree 
than in some of other some of these other guys. Like Dennis John, there's Dennis John. Dennis Smith Jr. kind of fits that same sort of pedigree kind of thing, but maybe he's had a few too many bites of the apple, and I'm not really sure, right? But I think with mm-hmm. Baisley, he represents a guy. We like the signing. There's flaws in the game, but because I think like what you're what you're looking for the most for the Nets is here is like who can ex- who can what's which guy on the roster now could greatly greatly exceed the contract <laughs> right mm-hmm. like that's sort of what you're thinking about the most is right like who who can co- totally crush their current contract like Bridges mm-hmm. has already done Bridges has already done it that's at the top end right like Mikael Bridges is so much more than a 23 million dollar player to a million dollar a year player right like yeah. so you can do it at the high end Simmons has gone sort of the other direction <laughs> right like uh, around the contract Baisley at 2 million is a guy that you could you know I'm t- thinking non-rookie still scale guys mm-hmm. too it, like is the is he is he a guy at 2 million that could play his way at 24 years old 23 years old into like a, a bigger contract on the line like you can you can tell yourself a story around it right I think so I think he would be the guy that I would like to see a little bit more and I'm hoping that he's part of what we see from that early rotation stuff that he's part of like this plan here um yeah I, I tend to I tend to agree with you just because you go and look at it the on ball creation for him it's like these little glimpses are there too you mentioned the perimeter shooting for him like he's the type of athletic player that for, for a team that already lacks significant offensive firepower I think you just like yeah. the idea that he brings a little bit of a different element I, I would mention Trendon Watford just because I think again athleticism different type of mold has shown at least some of those flashes from beyond the arc I don't think he has maybe as high of the potential upside as you say with the Darius Baisley but he's a little bit bigger a little more physical and if I'm thinking about running with Ben Simmons and you're know, getting out on fast breaks I think any players that can fit into that type of vein could certainly be beneficial for the Brooklyn Nets and I'll just I'll mention him in a different for a different reason I'm going to again mention Jalen Wilson here not because I think oh if he shows up you know has a sample in training camp all of a sudden he's inserted into the rotation and he's on the bench this season no but for a guy that excelled in summer league I think it'd be really nice if he was afforded the opportunity to play with the starters for this team, to play with Mikhail Bridges, to play with Ben Simmons, Nicholas Claxton, all these guys, and maybe even play with the Dennis Smith juniors in the second unit, right? Get mixed in with some of these rotational players and just get a feel for it. And then you're going to go down to the G league and you're going to continue to work on your craft. And we'll see when an opportunity comes for you to get called up. But if we're thinking about a young player getting rewarded, Jalen Wilson seems like he fits that track right now where it's like, Hey man, we got a little hamstring injury. Go ahead, get yourself some run here. And guess what? If you continue to knock down some triples in training camp and maybe a preseason game, th- then the organization, the fan base, and myself will open your eyes a little bit and say, okay, maybe he's a little bit closer to being able to come up and at least look to see if he can give the Nets some perimeter firepower, which is something at this moment they still desperately lack behind players like Cameron Johnson. Yeah, I, like again, this is just one of those, I, I, I I'm just to round back out to the beginning and then we'll get out of here. But like, this is what makes this season. Even if we think that like, you know, you mentioned that the ceiling, we kind of know what the net ceiling is, right? I think we know what that is. It's like fringe playoff team is probably the ceiling, right? That's fine. That's fine. I think we've all been here, right? We've been in and around this spot for a while, but not much has changed, but there are so many different subplots for how this, how their future can sort of unfold that we're going to watch unfold this season. And I think that is the key with all these injury stuff. Cause again, injuries are going to happen. 
it's just that's just the nature of the game, right? It just it it happens. We're going to see other injuries. We're going to see playing time open up. We're going to see opportunities open up for this team, and that is going to be the biggest question. And I think what we're both hoping for, you know, with your Jalen Wilson, with my Baisley, and why we talked about Royce and DFS to say is, is to say when these opportunities open up for the Nets this season, which they will, the great hope is that you can maybe sacrifice some short term gains yeah. in terms of wins and losses in an effort to sort of know more of what you have when it comes to the young guys. And I think, I think if we're hoping for a theme to kind of play out over the course of the season, that would be it. And by the way, we'll know very quickly if yeah. Cameron injury or Cameron Johnson injury or otherwise, you'll know by the way yeah. the organization reacts, not just with the veteran players that replace them or the young guys, but do they go make a move? Do they start to really shop some of these veterans if it happens as you approach the trade deadline, right? So we're going to get a very quick indication on if the Brooklyn Nets are saying, no, we're holding on to that fringe playoff conversation we want to be in, or, okay, so be it. We're ready to go ahead and dial into our youth movement that we have going on in the background. Going to be a fun watch. Hopefully, it's something that we don't have nearly as much on the front burner as Cameron Johnson and the mild hammy is a thing of the past within the next couple of weeks. Hey, man, it's going to be a running theme all season. I, we're going to be talking about this all season. I, I just know it. It's just because we're just going to be they're, – they're threading a really, really thin needle here, <laughs> Marks and company, around, around what they're trying to do with this roster and what they have and sort of like what they can or can't do when it comes to their future, when it comes to picks and all that other stuff. All right. Yep. As Adam mentioned at the beginning, make sure you join Subtext. Join Subtext.com slash Nets. If you're over there on YouTube, which you should be subscribed to, by the way, uh, you're going to see the link over there. I'll put the link in the show notes for all the podcast listeners as well. Go to uh, join Subtext.com slash Nets. Start to get into the conversation with Adam and I. Just a few bucks a month. You're going to be you're going to be happy you went over and did it. And it makes our day, too, because we just love talking about the Nets all day long. Join Subtext.com slash Nets. Most cynics are really just crushed romantics. They've been hurt, they're sensitive, and their cynicism is a shell that's protecting this tiny, dear part of themselves that's still alive. Why, that is Jeffrey Bridges. Oh, one of the all-time great poets. The dude, is that? Yeah, we'll be back again tomorrow talking more about the Nets basketball.